Hey everybody, you're listening to Top Quartile, where we bring you stories from the front lines of growth in community-focused financial services. Welcome back to Top Quartile. I'm your host, Dan Marks, the president at Infusion, and really excited to have Amber Callahan on the show from First Advantage. Amber, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So to get started, tell us more about your background and current role there at the credit union. Yeah, sure. So I have been with First Advantage for a little over seven years now. And before working here, I actually did not have a background in the financial industry at all. I graduated with my undergrad from Texas A&M University, and I actually majored in journalism and minored in business. And so my plan was really to go in and pursue a career in public relations. But after kind of landing my first PR job, I decided it wasn't for me and I didn't really like it. And it was just too narrow of a scope. And so I went on from there and I worked just more like general marketing events. And I actually worked for local zoo and then in local government and then um, came to First Advantage from there. And so I came to First Advantage as a marketing manager. And then about three and a half years ago, I had the opportunity to move into the VP of marketing role. And since then, I've also uh, just completed my MBA this past May. Congratulations. Thanks. Well, this this show will not be wild as wild as working for the zoo, I can assure you. I've got some stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe what is one fascinating fact that most people don't know about you? Maybe it's a zoo story or something else. <laughs> so I have two. My first one, so I completed back in, let's see, 2018, I think it was. I completed a full Ironman triathlon. So that's, that's a total of 146, 140.6 miles between, you know, the swim, bike and run. And so I like to joke and say that I made sure I got my money's worth for my registration fees. And it actually took me just under 16 hours to finish it. It was, you know, incredible experience. I learned a lot about myself and super grateful for that opportunity. It really kind of set a new bar for limits, both physically and mentally. But the second, which I think is probably a lot more relatable, is that I consume an absurd amount of reality TV and social media. I just... Bravo is my guilty pleasure, and I absolutely love just the internet. People are clever and funny, and TikTok has definitely made, caused me to waste and lose a bunch of hours of time. Okay, I've got to ask then, what is your favorite influencer on social media? Ooh, I mean, there's so many. So I, uh, I don't know that I can pick a favorite. I mean, I'm a sucker for an influencer. You, you give me a link, and I will probably buy what you're selling. <laughs> your perfect target audience. So my son, as an Aggie, you'll appreciate this. My son really, really was a huge fan of Dude Perfect for a while. Oh, yeah. So it's funny. I have a I have a 10-year-old son. And because they're Aggies, he thinks I know them. And so he always refers to them as my friends. <laughs> your buddies. Yeah, your college friends, right? Yeah, of course. I have to know them, right? <laughs> I, actually t- I actually talked to those guys about working with us one time on a brand launch. But they were already too famous for me. Well, I think we'll have a great, great show. Maybe for those people who don't know much about First Advantage, what's the sketch of of where you are, where you focus, those kind of things? Yeah, sure. So we are a uh, community-based credit union located in Virginia. We service kind of our our footprint is from Richmond down to Virginia Beach and then parts of North Carolina. So we're along the coast. We just celebrated our 70th anniversary. And we just also surpassed the 70,000 member mark. So that was really fun to do in our 70th year. We're almost at a billion in assets. And so we've experienced a lot of growth over the years. And we are in a very competitive credit union market, but continue to to thrive and grow. Wow, awesome. With that growth and you serving a very specific 
or the long history serving as specific area. How does that play into your strategy? Yeah, sure. So with, you know, with Just Have Celebrating our 70th anniversary, we have a really strong history in our local area, as well as a commitment to the community. It's part of our story. It's part of how we began. It's also very much part of the uh, DNA of being a credit union. And so we find it very important to incorporate into our brand and strategy as well. So our community involvement really spans through a variety of ways from everything from an event sponsorship, scholarships for graduating high schoolers, financial education in both our local high schools and through our local colleges and universities, as well as our colleagues giving their time and talents to volunteer with local organizations. It's so important that we actually have an entire day dedicated to service projects. So each Columbus Day, we are able to come together as a whole because, of course, it's a federal holiday, so we're close to the public. And so we have this day where we have set aside where we have a variety of local organizations that we've reached out to and we fulfill those needs. So we work on projects such as... uh, creating or sewing surgery bears for a local community children's hospital. We create homeless wraps for a local church that has a homeless ministry. We also put together treat bags for our local military. And so speaking of military, that, of course, a strong, that's how we started. We started as Fort Eustis Federal Credit Union on a local army base. And so we have also established the First Advantage Foundation several years ago that ties into that, our history with the military focus of serving those who have served. The real purpose behind the foundation is to help fulfill the unmet needs of our local military community. And so this all kind of comes together. And so from a strategy perspective, our community involvement is a really great branding opportunity by creating that awareness and keeping us top of mind with not only our existing members, but also prospective members in our community. Very cool. And so when you when you look at your marketing plan, you've got this great foundation of the community involvement awareness. How do you think about kind of areas that you prioritize or or you organize your marketing plan to drive that growth? Yeah, so one area that we've really dug into recently is member journey mapping. This has become increasingly important and just a really high concentration around it because we had several system changes. We went through a core conversion at the end of 2020. And so of course with that, Not only did our main core system change, but a lot of our ancillary products and services did as well. And so we recognize the importance of making sure we're creating a frictionless experience across all touch points as it's not only needed, but the consumer really demands that now. Their expectations have been set with the Amazons and the Netflix. And that seamless, frictionless experience is really what they're wanting and what they expect from from a provider. And so, you know, if it's too clunky, uh, the consumer will go elsewhere. And so we really needed to take time and peel back the layers and make sure that our system was running as smooth as possible, that the process was frictionless and improve the process, remove obstacles. And so by doing that and making it as easy as possible for a member or a prospective member to open an account or apply for a loan, it really contributed and aids in the greater growth with with, again, new members, but also retaining and cross-selling to existing members. So that's been a huge area of focus and will continue to be as we move forward. Makes sense. How does data analytics play into that or inform the strategy? Yeah. So, I mean, data analytics, we all know is important. And I would argue just becomes more important year over year. Making those data-driven decisions is key. One thing that I would note, though, that I think it's really important to recognize is that the real challenge around 
all of this data is not only getting access to it, but being able to get access and use it in an actionable way. A lot of times you have so much data that it almost becomes paralyzing because you don't know what direction to go in or how to even kind of sort through it all. And so we've created a really great relationships with our IT department. They have been just wonderful in helping us not only gain access to it, but even letting us know what's available and then presenting it back in a way that we can then analyze it. Specific to kind of our strategy, especially back to the journey mapping, we're taking a deeper dive into segmentation of our existing membership. So we can really find those upsell and cross-sell opportunities. So specifically, we're focusing on diving deeper into segmentation of our existing members. We really find that there's a lot of opportunity doing this to find the upsell and cross-sell opportunities, as well as kind of analyzing the leads to ensure, of course, that we're attracting quality leads with our marketing. So we're going to be taking the segmentation of our members and running them each segment through the journey mapping process to kind of understand that journey as if you're applying online or coming into a branch, you're having very different experiences. And then also, of course, we use it to analyze campaign results that we can then take and make actionable changes for future campaigns. So if we have a segment that performs really well, of course, we're going to want to go find more of that segment. And then if we have a segment that doesn't, we'll dig into that to figure out why and maybe we change messaging or the offer or the imagery and we'll hopefully impact it in a positive way in the future or you know potentially remove it as a segment because it's not performing well and it's not profitable. Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. I was just thinking about the, the all the work, your point about prioritizing data. Are you able to tap into any kind of best practices or industry resources to do that? Yeah. I mean, so I would say as a whole, we have a lot of great kind of vendor partnerships. And so we lean on those relationships a lot for kind of overall best practices, especially anytime we're setting up a new system, we get input from them. And the vendor is really a great partner because they're not only working with you, they're working with many other clients. And so you can learn a lot through their other experiences. In general, kind of best practices as a whole, I'd say one that we've very much focused on is the consistency of our, of our marketing kind of messaging and efforts to make sure, you know, our images and text and colors and kind of everything that we follow under like a brand guideline um, is consistent through all of our platforms, print, digital, radio, TV, merchandising, and colleague communication. And then another best practice, speaking of colleague communication that we've really focused on is making sure that whenever we start a campaign, that we include that colleague communication piece very early on. We get a lot of great feedback that way and have found it really helps build relationships. And so we find it's important to kind of get them involved earlier in the marketing or promotion process. We do this by putting together fact sheets, hosting team calls, or attending branch meetings to go over the information before before the launch. And it really helps us, again, get them engaged, answer any questions, and get them excited, which, of course, just builds to the success of the campaign. Yeah, it helps them feel equipped and excited about it. So that's awesome. What are some of the aspects of what you do that are the most exciting or fulfilling? That's a really good question. I would say that I really like in my role that I get to work across departments, across projects. I really get a kind of that high level, big picture of what's going on throughout the credit union. And then I can use my skill set to have input or influence over those different projects to make them more successful, but then also to make sure that what's communicated out to the membership is the most accurate and the most clear. 
This was really evident through core conversion. I sat through a lot of meetings that I never thought I would sit through. I mean, I learned more about the core conversion process than I ever knew I wanted to know about. But it was absolutely imperative that I did because then I was able to better communicate back out the changes and what was going on to members. And I would have never known half of that if I didn't sit through a lot of what I sat through. I would also say I find a lot of kind of satisfaction and excitement around just our general mission and what we do as a credit union. We really have the ability to change people's lives, whether that's either getting the funding they need for that new house or the new auto loan because of an expanding family, or maybe they're in a bad financial place because of you know too much credit card debt. And through our help and guidance with our, our colleagues who act as trusted advisors, we're really able to help and change their financial future and meet their goals. And I just, you know, I just think that's real exciting. Finances are a lot of times a huge point of stress for individuals. And so just knowing that we're helping alleviate stress and helping them get to their goals is really rewarding. I spent most of my career in financial services. I took a little detour for retail. And one of the things that drew me back to financial services is exactly what you just said. You know, at the end of the day, your the work we do helps people run their life or, you know, get to the next level. That that's that's very satisfying. A lot more than, you know, how many TVs did I sell today or something like that. So what what are some examples of best practices that you've been pleased to implement at the, the credit union? So one best practice that we implemented a few years ago was to really put some resources around our onboarding program for new members. And so that's where we reached out to to Rick to help us with that. And so that has been really successful. Um, it's a great collaboration between them and us with between you know messaging and the creative and then their expertise and really kind of the targeting and the schedule and the cadence in which those pieces go out. And so that's been a huge improvement. And we've really seen a lift, not only with retention, but also, of course, products per household. Cool. That's a great example. You've, you've touched on it. What's really interesting to me at some, sometimes about financial services marketing is the breadth. You know, you do all the, everything from kind of the big picture awareness or, you know, top of the funnel awareness generation, building consideration, where you may not mention a product at all, all the way down to the more systematic, what some people call performance-driven marketing. It's really that you mentioned earlier, the variety of things. And then then you get involved with all the stuff that touches the brand that many people don't even associate with marketing. So whether that's core conversions or colleague communications, it's just, there's so much variety. And then like you said, it's all tied to ultimately fulfilling a pretty inspiring mission. So it's great stuff. If you would have told me seven years ago that working in the financial industry would be this rewarding, I wouldn't have believed you. But I really, I really do love it. It was like you said, it's got such great kind of variety and depth with my day to day, you know, no two days are the same. So I love that. And then it's got that nice feel good factor, right? Because we're really helping members and we're essentially, you know, potentially changing their financial future for the better. For sure. You've had a lot of experience. We touched on some of the early experiences before. As we wrap up on a personal level, knowing what you know now, if you could go back in time and give your younger self some words of advice based on what you know about life and professions, what would you say? Oh, man. If only I had that time machine, right? Um, so I would say that I think it's incredibly important to embrace change. It's inevitable. It is going to happen. And the way in which that you react to it can really set you apart in the workplace. And so I think that 
being able to embrace it and help champion it and kind of help others navigate through it for your organization. Like I said, it not only really provides value, but will also set you apart. We've, we've seen it so much recently. We kind of went on like overdrive with the pandemic and just all the changes that caused being able to be agile and react to it quickly. I really feel like was just a huge piece of the success in it all. I'd also say it's incredibly important to stay positive really no matter the situation, that that can have a huge impact on things. Relationships matter. Building those relationships, not only within organizations and with outside sources and vendors, I mean, they can just, you know, it can really make a huge difference in not only your success, but the success of projects you're working on. And then lastly, I would say to not be afraid to ask questions. You know, I think so many people are afraid to ask they're afraid that they're going to be viewed as not knowing or look stupid, but stay curious and ask those questions because chances are there's lots of other people around that table that don't know that answer. And so, you know, the more kind of just innately curious you are, the more you'll start to kind of really dig into the root of a real problem, right? So, you know, around here, uh, we a lot of times like to say, you know, ask why seven times and then you'll get to kind of the root of the problem. And so just continue to ask questions and never be afraid to speak up. Very well said. Amber, it's been such a delight to have you on the show. Any any closing comments or final thoughts? Yeah, no. I mean, thanks for having me. This has been really great. I appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, continuing our relationship and working with you all. You guys have been a great partner with us and have really not only given us a lot of great insight into our membership, but have also, of course, helped us realize a lot of great growth. Awesome. Thanks again. That's it for today on Top Quartile. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Top Quartile wherever you find podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, we'd really appreciate a five-star rating. And if you're interested in getting an opportunity assessment, head over to infusionmarketinggroup.com to learn more. Thanks for listening.